0: SECTION 27 OF MYSTERIES OF LONDON, VOLUME 4 THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION, OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY GILLIAN HENRY MYSTERIES OF LONDON, VOLUME 4 BY GEORGE W. M. REYNOLDS INFATUATION Perdita was dressed in a more modest, and, to speak truly, in a more delicate manner than on either of the former occasions when charles had seen her a plain morning gown made with a high corsage set off her fine figure without affording even a glimpse of the charms the full proportions of which its shape developed her hair was arranged in plain bands and there was altogether an appearance of so much innocence candour and maiden reserve in her demeanour that it seemed to Charles as if he now beheld in her some new phases of her wondrous beauty. Hastening forward to meet her, he caught her in his arms and covered her lips, her cheeks and her brow with kisses, for, whether it were imagination or reality, we know not, but she appeared to be far more lovely than ever in his eyes. "'Dearest, dearest Perdita!' he exclaimed forgetting at that moment all and everything in the world, save the object of his adoration. "'Charles, my lord, how am I to call you henceforth?' she murmured, in that soft musical tone which flowed, like the harmony of the spheres, in, unto the very soul. "'Am I not Charles to you, dear girl?' he demanded, looking at her tenderly and half reproachfully. Then, conducting her to a seat and placing himself near her, he added, "'I have had a long interview with your mother, Perdita, "'and from all that I could gather, "'she has no opposition to offer to our love.' "'I know it,' responded the girl, "'casting down her eyes with a modesty so admirably assumed "'that it would have deceived the most experienced individual. "'And are you well satisfied?' "'that she has thus proved favourable to our hopes?' "'Will you always seem to doubt my affection?' "'demanded the young man in an impassioned tone. "'Will you ever appear to believe that I am so volatile, "'so fickle, so inconstant, as to regret today "'a step that I took yesterday?' "'Pardon me, Charles, pardon me,' said Perdita, "'looking up into his face.' "'with an expression of the most charming naivety. "'But my mother heard a rumour, and yet it might be unfounded. "'Speak, speak, Perdita,' cried the young man impatiently. "'A rumour to the effect that you were looked upon "'as the future husband of Lady Frances Ellingham,' "'added Perdita in a tremulous tone.' as if scarcely daring to give utterance to the jealous suspicion that the words implied. Charles Hatfield became suddenly red as scarlet, and Perdita burst into tears. "'Oh, then the rumour is true, and you are deceiving me, my lord!' she exclaimed, affecting a passionate outburst of grief. But in a few moments she seemed to exercise an abrupt and powerful control over her feelings, and, rising from her seat, drew herself up into a demeanour of desperate calmness, saying, Viscount Marston, I will show you that my affection is of no selfish nature. If you love this young lady, who must be your cousin from all I have heard and know through my mother, if you prefer the beauteous Frances, for beautiful I am aware she is, oh, then I release you from your vows to me, I restore your plight, and I, the obscure and neglected perdita will pray in secret for your welfare yes and for the welfare of her who will have robbed me of your affections no perdita no cried charles profoundly touched by this well-enacted piece of apparently generous self-denial i do not love my cousin francis and it was only this very morning that I disputed with my parents, because I refused to form an alliance on which their hearts are set. Perdita, my beloved Perdita, I thank thee, oh, heaven alone knows how sincerely I thank thee for this manifestation of generosity, a generosity that, if possible, has riveted my affections more indissolubly on thee. And you will pardon me, Charles, if in a moment of jealousy, murmured the designing young woman, hanging down her head in a charming kind of confusion and bashfulness. Pardon thee? repeated her dupe, catching her in his arms and straining her passionately to his breast. What have I to pardon? Must I pardon thee for loving me so well, my Perdita? For only those who love well can know what jealousy is and did i think that i had cause should i not be jealous of thee sweet perdita oh yes and my jealousy would be very fierce and terrible in its consequences but on neither side shall there be cause for jealousy at least not on mine charles returned the young woman gently extricating herself from his arms and resuming her seat upon the sofa and now my lord she added playfully when do you intend to take some charming suburban villa fit it up in a chaste elegant and beautiful style and bear thither your bride for your bride am i prepared to become on the conditions which have already been established between us without a day's, without an hour's unnecessary delay my beloved perdita answered charles his cheeks flushing and his eyes sparkling with the hopes and voluptuous thoughts inspired by the question thus put to him and throwing his arms around her he drew the bewitching siren towards him "charles charles" she murmured as he glued his lips to her warm glowing cheek "you are adorably handsome and i love you as women never loved before but i implore you to release me now" For my mother might return to the room, and and oh, Charles, you clasp me too violently. And she succeeded in disengaging herself from his arms, having maddened him, as it were, by the contact of her fine voluptuous form, and the caresses she had allowed him to lavish upon her. Perdita, you are more reserved with me than you were yesterday, said Charles, half reproachfully, or rather say that yesterday i was so hurried away by the rapturous thoughts the delightful emotions the elysian feelings which were excited within me by the certainty of possessing your love murmured the young woman that i had no control over myself and now that you are assured of my love you have grown comparatively cold and reserved said charles with the least degree of humour "'Should you think the better of me if I were without the least particle of maiden reserve?' she asked in a reproachful tone. "'Listen, my beloved Charles, and look not angrily on your Perdita.' "'No, not for worlds!' he exclaimed, pressing her hand to his lips, and feeling in the renewed infatuation of his soul that he was prompt to do her bidding and yield to her will in all things." now you are kind and good and i love you dear charles said perdita in a tone of captivating artlessness although we shall have no bridal ceremony as performed at a church she resumed yet must our wedding day if i may so call it be duly fixed and celebrated when therefore you have provided for me and my mother such a home as you would wish me and my parent to possess then shall you bear me thither my dearest charles as your bride and-and i will be unto thee as a wife in all respects she added bending her beauteous head down upon his bosom and concealing her blushing countenance there be it as you say my sweet perdita he exclaimed and in all things will i do your bidding "'for I love and adore you. "'You are an angel of beauty. "'Your manners are irresistibly winning. "'Your voice has the charm of the sweetest melody, "'and your looks would kindle love in the breast of an anchorite.' "'Ah! flatterer!' she cried, raising her head "'and tapping him gently upon the face. "'Will you always think thus well of me?' "'Yes, always, always!' he exclaimed. So completely infatuated was he with the siren. And now tell me, my charmer, in which part of London should you wish me to fix upon a beautiful villa for your reception? The more secluded the spot, the better, said Perdita. I do not wish to form the acquaintance of prying and curious neighbours, nor shall I court the presence of visitors. When you are with me, I shall have no thought but for you when you are absent, to think of you will be sufficient occupation. I have heard that in the neighbourhood of Holloway there are some delightful villas, newly built. Holloway! It is there, in that neighbourhood, that Markham Place, the mansion where the Prince of Montoni is staying, is situated. And you are acquainted with that Prince? said Perdita. Yes, for in this morning's newspaper I read... Amongst the fashionable intelligence, that his royal highness had yesterday partaken of a banquet at the mansion of the Earl of Ellingham in Pall Mall. Oh, he is a great and illustrious prince, Perdita, cried Charles, his cheeks suddenly glowing with animation. But he is not so handsome as you, Charles, said Perdita, half inquiringly, half playfully. He is very handsome, dearest, was the reply but his heroic deeds his noble disposition his boundless philanthropy and his staunch support of the rights of man constitute attractions which were he ugly as satan would render him adorable as an angel and have you none of those qualities my charles demanded perdita are you not gloriously handsome have you not a proud title which you can claim when you will ay and which you will claim shortly and will you not some day be a peer of the realm and able to electrify the senate with your eloquence for that you would be eloquent charles i am convinced and oh what pleasure what unfeigned heartfelt pleasure would it give your devoted perdita to occupy even the humblest most secluded nook in the place where you are delivering yourself of the burning thoughts and splendid ideas oh, perdita do you too hope that i shall yet create for myself a great and a glorious reputation demanded the young man surveying his beauteous companion with joy and surprise yes charles for do i not love thee she asked in her dulcet silvery tone now oh now can i understand how the image of the princess isabella might cheer and hearten on the once obscure richard markham to the accomplishment of those great deeds which have placed him on so proud an eminence now continued the enthusiastic infatuated charles now can i comprehend how gallant knights in the days of chivalry would dare every peril encounter every danger at the behest or command of their lady-loves. And you, my Perdita, you shall be as a Princess Isabella in my eyes. You shall be my lady-love. And, animated by thy smiles, will I yet carve out for myself a glorious career in the world. I long to see thee in possession of thy titles, Charles, to behold thee, too, occupying thy place in the house of peers, said Perdita. But hark, the clock strikes two, and now I am compelled to accompany my mother into the city. To her attorneys? asked Charles, a sudden fear seizing upon him. Yes, to her solicitor's office, responded Perdita. Then, after suffering him to manifest a sentiment of pique and annoyance for a few moments, she threw her arms around his neck, exclaiming, "'And so you are very jealous, sir, are you? "'And you thought perhaps that I was about to call upon this lawyer "'to signify to him my readiness to accept the hand of the old nobleman "'who is my mother's relentless opponent in the suit. "'But I can assure you that the object of my visit in that quarter "'is one which you will no doubt highly approve. "'It is to inform the legal gentleman with my own lips.' that I utterly and totally decline the honour of the proposed union. Charming, dearest Perdita, ejaculated Charles, straining her in rapture to his breast. Inasmuch, she added, with playful artlessness, or rather with an affectation of that delightful naivety, inasmuch as the solicitor will not believe that I can possibly resist so splendid an offer and he is determined to hear the truth from me, and from me only. And were he to over-persuade you, Perdita, to impress you with the necessity of yielding in this instance, began Charles, still labouring under the vague apprehension with which the artful creature sought to inspire him, in order to attach him the more completely to her. Have you so much to fear on the part of an old nobleman, whom I have never seen, as I have on the part of that beautiful Lady Frances, who dwells beneath the same roof with you, inquired Perdita, in the most melting tones of her flute-like voice. Pardon me, pardon me, dearest girl, cried Charles, embracing her fondly. I have no more to pardon in you at present than you had to forgive in me ere now, murmured the guileful woman. "'placing her warm cheek against his own "'and allowing their hair to mingle. "'For a few moments she remained with him in this position, "'a position that enchanted, thrilled, and intoxicated him. "'Then suddenly withdrawing herself from his arms, "'she said, archly but impressively, "'It now remains with you, Charles, "'when our wedding day is to be celebrated.' "'Ah!' "'If you were only as impatient as I!' he exclaimed. They parted, the young man hastening, as was his wont after these visits, to the park, to feast his imagination with a delicious reverie, the whole and sole subject of which should be Perdita. A few minutes after he had taken his departure, Mrs. Fitzharding sought her daughter in the drawing-room, and the ensuing dialogue took place. Everything tends to forward our designs with respect to this young man, observed the old woman, sitting herself in a chair opposite to her daughter, who was reclining upon the sofa. And yet I cannot now altogether comprehend your policy, mother, returned Perdita. In which particular point, my child? demanded the vile parent. Respecting the nature of the connection which is to subsist between myself and Charles, "'said Perdita. "'It was all very well for me to calculate "'upon being his mistress "'before we were aware that he is in reality a viscount "'and must be an earl. "'But since you succeeded so nicely "'in extracting those revelations from him this morning, "'why should we not secure so glorious a prize "'by a means more durable and powerful "'than mere sophistry and the love which he bears me? "'Consider, mother,' how instantaneously he took a fancy to me, and believe me when I assure you that coolness will follow as rapidly, after full satiety, on his part. "'Silly girl, thou art thyself in love with him!' cried Mrs. Fitzharding, in a tone of vexation. "'Yes, more than half, I acknowledge it,' returned Perdita coolly. "'And yet—' But a few days ago you assured me that you could not chain yourself to one individual with any hope of being faithful to him, that love was a passion which would never obtain over you that influence which it so often exercised over the weak, the simple-minded, and the infatuated. It is perfectly true, mother, that I said all which your memory has so faithfully treasured up, and your lips so accurately repeated, said Perdita. "'still speaking without excitement. "'But then, my dear mother,' she added almost satirically, "'no, almost jeeringly, "'as if diverting herself with her parents' evident vexation, "'then, you know, I had not seen Charles Hatfield.' "'And I told you not to be too confident on that point "'to which we are alluding,' cried Mrs Fitzharding. "'My dear Perdita!' Renounce all ideas of marriage with this young man. Indeed, you have compromised yourself too deeply in your denunciations of the marriage tie to be able to recall your sentiments on that head. Not at all, said Perdita authoritatively. In the same way that I induced Charles to accede to my proposals and even fall into my views, so can I, in a very short space, and by means of other sophistry convince him that i had merely been playing a part to test the value of his affection no no perdita you must not attempt such a perilous proceeding said mrs fitzharding evidently listening with great uneasiness to the words that fell from her daughter's lips i dare and will attempt all i choose or fancy with that young man "'cried the headstrong Perdita in an imperious tone. "'Will you not follow my counsel?' demanded Mrs. Fitzharning. "'Have I not fulfilled all my promises to you? "'Did I not declare that in London you should find luxury, plenty, and ease? "'Did I not pledge myself that the young man should sue at your feet "'and implore your love? "'And could you have brought about all these results for yourself?' "'I do not pretend that I could, mother,' returned Perdita. "'But am I to be your tool, your instrument, an automaton in your hands? "'Am I not to have an opinion in our councils? "'Or am I to pay blind obedience to you, "'even though I have reasons for questioning the prudence of your proceedings?' "'And do you now question the prudence of my proceedings?' "'demanded Mrs. Fitzharding.' growing every moment, more and more irritable. "'Yes, I do,' answered Perdita, firmly and resolutely, at the same time fixing her brilliant eyes rebelliously upon her mother. "'I admit that if we had only ensnared, in our toils, a simple commoner, a plain Charles Hatfield, with limited resources within his reach, it would have been advisable to form no lasting connection with him.' but now now that we are assured beyond all possibility of doubt that he is himself a nobleman and the heir to enormous wealth it would be madness it would be folly not to bind him to us by irrefragable chains why here is a position to be obtained and insured at once a position which will render us rich for the remainder of our days and think you mother but i have not a little feeling of ambition in my soul would it not be a proud thing for you to be enabled to call the viscountess marston and in due time the countess of ellingham your daughter all these considerations never flashed to my mind until immediately after charles had quitted the room ere now or i should have assuredly commenced the undoing of all that stupid work which by your persuasion and so well tutored by you i achieved in respect to the conditions whereon our connection was to be based what she cried her eyes absolutely flashing fire have a coronet within my reach and refuse it have a wealthy noble or one who will be enormously wealthy sighing at my feet and not wed him mother she cried actually exciting herself into a passion you must think me to be a fool an idiot a madwoman i shall think you to be a fool an idiot and a madwoman if you persist in thwarting my plans or proceeding contrary to my advice said mrs fitzhardinge her tanned weather-beaten countenance becoming absolutely livid with rage Ah. You have some sinister purpose to serve, mother, cried Perdita, a sudden idea striking her, else never would you oppose yourself so completely to the dictates of common sense. What were your words to me when I spoke to you, and spoke as rashly, about the inaccessibility of my soul to the passion of love? You advised me not to count only on the chance of making a good match you declared it to be far more probable that i might ensnare some young gentleman of birth family and fortune or some old voluptuary of immense wealth and you added that there was more to be gained as the mistress of one of those than as a wife in fine your advice was that i should remain unmarried and independent so that the moment i had ruined one lover i might take another Yes. And that counsel was the wisest I could proffer you, said her mother, actually speaking in a savage tone, and looking as if she could have leapt tigress-like upon her daughter and torn her with her nails as if they were claws. Oh, the advice was good enough under certain circumstances, exclaimed Perdita. It was good in so far as it related to the probability of my securing a succession of lovers each with only a comparatively small fortune and each individual therefore to be soon set aside but now that at the very outset chance has thrown in my way a young noble who must sooner or later inherit a vast fortune which no extravagance can completely dissipate a fortune indeed which will minister to all extravagances and yet remain unimpaired Should I not be the veriest fool that ever tossed gold into a river or hurled diamonds into an abyss? Were I not to secure the brilliant advantage thus placed within my reach? Daughter, exclaimed the old woman, with difficulty preventing a complete outburst of her fury, I tell you that this may not be. Secure Charles Hatfield, or rather Viscount Marston, as your paramour, I will undertake to raise as much money as you can persuade him to lavish upon you, and then, then, my child, she added, adopting a tone of fawning conciliation, you can choose a new lover and make inroads into another's fortune. I am determined to pursue and follow out the plan which my own convictions indicate as the most rational, the most sensible, the most advisable exclaimed Perdita. And therefore the present dispute is useless and absurd. Dispute repeated Mrs. Fitzharding, her countenance again becoming absolutely livid, and her whole form trembling with rage. I do not choose to dispute with you, insolent girl that you are. Now listen to me, Perdita, and know once and for all that I will be obeyed in this as in all things or I will abandon you to your own resources. I will hurl you back into rags, want, and poverty. Not while I possess this beauty, of which a queen might be proud, said Perdita in a quiet manner, as she glanced with self-complacency at her own handsome countenance, as it was reflected in a mirror opposite. Oh, think not that beauty is the only element of fortune cried the old woman, surveying her daughter with almost an expression of fiend-like hate. "'For if you dare to thwart me, Perdita, I will become your bitterest and most malignant enemy, though you are my own child. I will pursue thee with my vengeance. Wherever you may be, I will spoil all your machinations and ruin all your schemes. Nay more, I will i will compel your very lovers to thrust you ignominiously forth from them for i will boldly proclaim how that perdita who has enthralled them was accursed from her very birth born in newgate thence taken by her mother to a penal colony where she became lost and abandoned at the early age of thirteen and how every handsome young officer in garrison at sydney could boast of the favours of this profligate young creature. A mocking laugh came from the lips of Perdita, a laugh that rang more horribly in the ears of her mother than an explosion of maledictions, recriminations, and insults would have done, a laugh that seemed to say, Wretched, drivelling old woman, I despise thee. You will repent this conduct, vile girl, you will repent it, Muttered Mrs. Fitzhardinge, approaching Perdita, and gazing on her with eyes that seemed to glare savagely. Whatever be the risk, even though I involve myself in the downfall of our splendid prospects, I will ruin thee, if thou darest to oppose and thwart me. Abandon thy scheme of marrying the young nobleman, and we will be friends again. Persist in it, and we separate as mortal enemies yes and the first step which i shall take will be to repair to charles hatfield implore his forgiveness for having been a party to the scheme plotted against him and his and give such a character of thee perdita that his blood shall run cold in his veins at the mere thought of ever having been placed in contact with thee and oh the picture which a mother will draw of her daughter in such a case that picture will be terrible very terrible pause then reflect one word mother said perdita who had maintained an extraordinary degree of composure throughout this scene doubtless because she knew that she must triumph in the long run you threaten bravely let us look calmly and deliberately at what must be the inevitable results of a fearful quarrel between you and me Let us see who would get the better of it. On one side would be you, old, ugly, disgustingly ugly, I may say, so that to become anything save a beggar, grovelling in the kennel, would be impossible. On the other side would be myself, at all events handsome enough to gain the favour of some soft fool, and spoil my character as you will. You cannot prevent me from finding a paramour, amongst those who care nothing for the reputation, but everything for the beauty of their mistresses. Bread to me is certain. Rags and starvation to you are equally well assured. My life of pleasure, gaiety and dissipation is to come. Yours has passed. And naught remains for you save to die in a workhouse or on a dunghill. Pardon me, my dear mother for speaking thus openly thus plainly added the young woman now throwing a spice of irony into her tone but you did not spare me when you summed up my characteristics just now and before i quit the subject i may as well observe that you yourself are not the most immaculate woman upon the face of the earth heaven only knows how prolific were the debaucheries of your youth but you veiled them all beneath the aspect of a saint. Oh, that was excellent, dear mother, excellent indeed, cried Perdita, her merry musical laugh echoing through the apartment. Only conceive you once to have been a saint. In good truth, you have not much of the appearance of a saint now, mother. Neither had you when living with the free settler as his mistress. Perdita, Perdita gasped the wretched mrs fitzhardinge writhing like a snake at these bitter words and shaking convulsively from head to foot you-you will drive me mad ah uh, what do you possess feelings then my dear mother demanded the young woman assuming an air of profound astonishment and yet you must have imagined that your daughter was totally without those same little feelings which it is so easy to wound and so difficult to heal well i will forbear otherwise i was about to have reminded you of those glorious times before i was born indeed when you were the paramour of sir henry courtenay whose name you so pleasantly and quietly forged to a slip of paper one day silence Perdita silence said mrs fitzhardinge in a hoarse and hollow tone clasping her hands convulsively at the same time i was wrong to provoke you thus you are very hard upon me you have the best of it perdita and i i here the old wretch burst into tears not an assumed grief no crocodile weeping but a flood of genuine tears wrung from her by the cutting, biting, bitter sarcasms which her daughter had so mercilessly, so slaughterously, levelled against her. Perdita suffered her to weep without offering the least consolation, for the young woman was hurt and wounded on her side as well as the old harridan was hurt and wounded on the other. The recriminations of those two females, that mother and daughter, had been terrible in their implacability and appalling in their unnatural malignity there was a long pause during which mrs fitzharding sat sobbing being absolutely hideous in her grief while perdita with flashing eyes dilating nostrils flushing cheeks and palpitating bosom lay half reclined upon the sofa tapping the carpet petulantly with the tip of her long, narrow, exquisitely shaped shoe. My dear child, at length said the old woman, are we to be friends or enemies? That depends entirely upon yourself, mother, was the answer. I am not to be tyrannised over by you, nor menaced in the fearful way in which you have threatened me today, without showing resentment in return. Really, one would have supposed that you were addressing yourself to the bitterest enemy you had in the world, rather than to your daughter, who has done all she could to place you in a comfortable position for the remainder of your days. Well, well, let us be friends, Perdita," exclaimed Missus Fitzharding. "Yes, we will be friends," responded the daughter. But remember that my views in respect to Charles Hatfield or rather, Viscount Marston, are to be carried into effect. Without again quarrelling, interrupted her mother, let me assure you that I cannot, cannot possibly consent to this deviation from our original arrangements. It was an express understanding between us that marriage was in every case to be out of the question. And may not circumstances transpire to change original plans, demanded Perdita, beginning to divine the reasons of her mother's uncompromising opposition to her matrimonial scheme. A truce to these arguments, cried Mrs. Fitzharding, again growing irritable. Remember that this evening your lovesick Swain will deposit in my hands all the papers containing the evidence of his father's right to the earldom and estates of Ellingham. And will you use your power to coerce me? said Perdita in her quiet way, which nevertheless seemed to breathe defiance. "'I do not affirm that, my child,' cried the old woman, smothering her rage. "'But I would ask you of what use those papers would be without my assistance to raise money on them. "'Of no more utility than our acquaintance with Charles would be to you were it not for me,' returned Perdita. "'And now, mother, I may as well inform you at once "'that I can penetrate into all the motives "'which prompt you thus to oppose my marriage views "'with respect to Charles. "'You imagine that if I become his mistress only, "'I shall be so completely in your power "'that I must still continue your slave. "'That a word from you relative to my past life "'would send away Charles Hatfield in disgust.' and that in order to prevent you from speaking that word i shall obey you blindly in fine you hope to exercise a despotism alike over him and me dispose of the purse and control the household with sovereign's sway on the other hand you imagine nay do not look so black my dear mother we are only telling each other a few agreeable truths go on vile girl Gasped, Mrs. Fitzharding, trembling, suffocating with rage. On the other hand, then pursued the young woman in a placid, unexcited manner. On the other hand, you suppose that if once I become the wife of Charles Hatfield, if once he shall have taken me for better or worse, if once the indissoluble knot be tied, your power over me would cease. For were you to avenge any slight by making revelations respecting me i might lose my husband's esteem and love but should not the less remain his wife you therefore dread lest you should become a cipher dependent upon us for your daily bread unable to control the purse and the domestic economy and what will you do to guarantee that all you are now saying is not a predictive sketch of what you know must happen in case I permit your marriage, demanded Mrs. Fitzhardinge, dismayed by this accurate reading of her heart's secrets on the part of her daughter. I can only assure you this much, mother, was the answer, that if you conduct yourself well towards me, I shall act well towards you that you shall have your own way in everything where my will is not violently thwarted, and that I will cooperate with you cheerfully for our mutual interests, so long as you do not attempt to drive me as a slave. And all this you faithfully promise, Perdita, demanded her mother eagerly, for she was now glad to effect any compromise rather than come to an open rupture with her daughter. Who she saw had in reality so much the better of her be assured mother replied perdita that i am not for war and if we quarrel any more it will be your fault we will not quarrel perdita said mrs fitzhardinge you shall marry charles hatfield or viscount marston as we ought to call him and here let our dispute finish with all my heart And now tell me, mother, how, where, and with whom you intend to raise the money upon these papers which Charles is to send or bring in the evening. A few evenings ago, when I was lurking about Pall Mall, waiting for that young gentleman, I suddenly encountered a person whom I had known years and years since and who played me a vile, a very vile trick. He was much altered. "'continued Mrs. Fitzharding. "'But I knew him, knew him the moment "'the light of the lamp flashed upon his features. "'I accosted him, told him who I was, "'and upbraided him for his villainy of former times. "'He spoke softly and in a conciliatory manner, "'and we fell into a more amicable train of conversation "'than at first. "'We soon understood each other, "'and giving me his address, "'for, by the bye, he has taken a new name.' He invited me to call upon him, and we parted. Since then, I have made inquiries in the neighborhood where he dwells, and I learn that he is reputed to be immensely rich, a miser and money-lender. He is therefore the man whom I require, and we may reckon confidently upon his aid in the business of raising funds on the documents. This very evening, I will call upon him. You will permit me to accompany you, mother said Perdita, rather in a tone of command than of interrogatory. Yes, if such be your pleasure, was the reply, for the old woman saw that it was useless and totally adverse to her own interests to thwart her daughter in any single respect. End of section 27